freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Intel Hub News Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Today is Tuesday, February 8th, 2011. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, theintelhubnewsnetwork.com. I'm hearing some background noise on the network and not sure where that's coming from, but... Uh, uh, this show is live every Tuesday evening from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Tonight, we have a real good show lined up for you on subversive symbolism in modern culture. And uh, this is part of our ongoing series on the methodologies of mind control. We've been covering uh, various techniques of mind control that are employed in the modern world that go back into the ancient world, as a matter of fact. And symbolism is one of the biggest. This is technique number 13 out of the 14 that we have outlined for exploration on this radio show. And we'll be delving into a bunch of different kinds of symbolism this evening. But specifically, we'll be focusing on uh, solar symbolism, which is symbolism that employs the sun as an archetypal image. Uh, we will look at life force symbolism, and we will look at symbolism that employs concepts and ideas uh, of astrotheology. So we looked at astrotheology as uh, tied in with religion as a method of mind control formerly on this show, and um, astrotheology uh, is also employed in some symbolism that is, uh, is used to basically subvert consciousness. Uh, we're going to look at some forms of symbolism that basically get into the subconscious mind. And of course, these are used through uh, advertising and product placement. They're also used in certain um, groups and orders symbols. And um, they go right past the conscious mind. Symbolism is a language in and of itself. It is something that we need to understand as a language because it is a language that is not based in words as we consider languages to be. 
uh, it is a language based in forms, and forms often uh, strike notes with us that are much deeper than any words ever could. Um, it's the foundation of everything that we perceive forms are, archetypes, essentially. And that's what uh, symbolism has as its basic building block. So we will be looking uh, deeply into many symbols. I want to direct people up to my website at whatonearthishappening.com. And there on the radio listen page, if you click the button on the left-hand side for the radio show, you will see that there are many images posted for tonight's show. There's a section underneath the player called Images for Tonight's Show, February 8, 2011. And uh, you'll see the three kinds of symbolism there that we're going to explore tonight. And you could follow them uh, as uh, I get into them from, uh, from that page. So with that having been said, I'm going to give the call-in numbers and read the event announcements, and then we'll jump right in. Okay, call-in numbers. Feel free to call in at any time. There's no taboo topics on this show. There never are. I'd like you, if you do call in tonight, uh, to talk about symbolism a little bit. You could bring up other things if you want, but um, if you have any uh, comments or um, suggestions or um, symbols that you want to explore or would like, uh, you know, analyzed or like my interpretation of, uh, feel free to call in and uh, talk about that. So the call-in numbers, there's two. You could uh, take your pick. If you're listening on the TalkShoe Network, you can call in to 724-444-7444. Once again, if you're on the TalkShoe Network, call in to 724-444-7444 and put in the call ID number for this show, which is 83515. Once again, the call ID number 83515. If you're listening on the Blog Talk Network, you can call in to 646-727-3387. That's 646-727-3387. Okay. A couple of event announcements for events coming up in the Philadelphia area. Truth, Freedom, Prosperity, an activist group local to this area is hosting their free documentary screening and discussion evening tomorrow night, February 9th, that's Wednesday, February 9th, at 7 o'clock p.m. at Media Bureau Studios. Media Bureau Studios is at 725 North 4th Street. That's the corner of 4th and Brown in Philadelphia. It's in the Northern Liberty section of the city. Uh, they will be showing the documentary Melt Up, the beginning of a U.S. currency crisis. And uh, this is kind of an ongoing thing with uh, Truth, Freedom, Prosperity showing some financial-related um, documentaries. A discussion will be, will, be, uh, will be held following the documentary. It's not that long, so there will be plenty of time for a discussion afterward. So for more information on this group and their activities, please visit www.truthfreedomprosperity.org. That's truthfreedomprosperity.org. And finally, the Free Your Mind Conference coming up in two months, two short months away, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. 
Free Your Mind, Saturday, April 9th, and Sunday, April 10th, 2011, at Ruba Hall, 414 Green Street, in Philadelphia, PA. The doors open at 9 a.m. on both days, and the program begins at 10 a.m. on both days. Admission is only $20 per day in advance and $30 per day at the door. Free Your Mind is a unique two-day conference scheduled for April 9th and 10th, 2011 in Philadelphia, featuring multiple speakers and diverse educational materials for the purpose of raising public awareness of the critically important topics of mass mind control techniques, the covert and subversive influences upon our consciousness and behavior, trauma-based and ritualized abuse, and the practical mental and emotional healing methodologies available for those affected by these devices. The featured speakers, Aaron McCollum, Alfred Weber, Andrew Basiago, Bob Tuscan, Farah Yurdozu, Freeman Fly, Jan Irvin, John Nicholson, Joseph Mara, Larkin Rose, Laura Eisenhower, Mark Matika, Mark Passio, Michael Kelly, Paul Marco, and Suzanne Taylor. Sixteen speakers in all will also be screening Suzanne Taylor's film, What on Earth, um, which is a, uh, a journey um, that explores the crop circle mystery. It's a very good documentary on that phenomenon. We'll be screening that on Saturday evening. And then on Sunday evening, following the speaker lineup, there will be a roundtable panel discussion of whoever, uh, whatever speakers are still there at the end of the, of the night. So that should be quite interesting. For more information on the Free Your Mind Conference, please visit www.freeyourmindconference.com. That's freeyourmindconference.com. If you are interested in attending the conference, I highly recommend getting tickets in advance as you'll save money and you'll also help us to cover travel expenses for the great lineup of speakers that we have for this event. So go up to the site, get your tickets early. If you can, consider making a donation. Instructions for doing so are there on the website. So that's the event announcements. Let's uh, jump in with our topic. Subversive symbolism as a methodology of mind control. We have already looked at 12 methods of mind control in detail on this show over the past weeks. If you uh, aren't familiar and you haven't um, listened to those shows, you can go back into the archive by going to whatonearthishappening.com and clicking on the podcast tab of the website, and there you will see the past 45 weeks of shows listed there. All of the podcasts are free. They're all in MP3 format, so you could easily download them and put them on any digital music player or phone and listen to them at, uh, at your leisure. So we're going to delve into now the 13th method of mind control out of our 14 that we originally outlined. And what we need to understand about symbolism, as I've said already, is that it is a language in and of itself. That means that we need to become literate 
in this language if we are going to understand exactly how symbols are being used in our culture, in our environment. If we are illiterate in this language, just like one can be illiterate in the language that, of the country in which they live and therefore not be able to read, not be able to write essentially, okay, that puts you at a distinct disadvantage in any culture. If you don't know the given language for that specific geographical location, of course you're going to be at a disadvantage. Similarly with symbolism, if you are illiterate in this language, you are going to place yourself at a disadvantage when it comes to understanding what is actually being said through this occult language. And that is indeed what subversive symbolism is. It's an occult language. So, as we've talked about before on this show, the word occult simply means hidden. For people who hear that term and respond immediately with a instinct reaction of, oh, occult means evil, that's a mind control technique in and of itself surrounded by the connotation of words, okay? When people hear the word occult and immediately think, associate that with the word evil, it means that they don't understand what the occult is, number one. Number two, it basically means that they're under a form of mind control through language. Because the word occult simply means hidden. It comes from the Latin verb occultare. Occultare means to hide or to conceal. Occult simply means that which has been hidden from sight and reserved for a select group that has been initiated into said knowledge. When that happens, that knowledge could be used for great good or for great evil. And indeed, the occult encompasses both sides of that equation. We need to become more mature, as I've said in past weeks, to understanding that there is a light side to the occult and most certainly there is a dark side to the occult. Over the last few weeks, we've been kind of uh, initiating people into a few different schools of occultism. We looked at the uh, tradition of Kabbalah. Kabbalism is an ancient uh, Middle Eastern occult philosophy. And indeed, it has made its way around the world. And we looked at tarot in past weeks, the tradition of the tarot and the tarot cards. We analyzed in depth the symbolism of the major arcana of the tarot deck. And this was an introduction into symbolism when we looked at the tarot symbolism and broke down each card in the major arcana and understood how this related to the symbolism of Kabbalah, which is its main symbol being the tree of life, the sephirotic tree of life. And we broke that down in previous podcasts in detail. As with any language, which is what symbolism is, it is comprised of basic building blocks. So take English as an example. If you're going to understand connotatively, okay, meaning how the words are being used, what is being said in English, you first need to understand the vocabulary 
of the English language. So you need to know what words mean to be able to understand what someone is saying. Okay? That's fairly obvious, should be extremely obvious to anyone. But if you're going to understand words, you have to understand the letters that comprise those words. So there's a prerequisite for understanding words or basic vocabulary terms, and that is to understand the basic building blocks which the words are comprised of, and those are the letters of the alphabetical system which is used for that particular language. So you have to know your ABCs before you build up a vocabulary and can speak fluently in any given language, okay? It follows quite logically. It's very simple to understand. The same is true for symbolism. You have to understand basic symbols, the most basic of symbols, before you could begin to understand more complex symbolism. Okay? So the study of symbols or symbology is to go into the very basic forms that symbolism takes and to learn those basic building blocks first. And in doing so, then we can work our way toward an understanding of more complex symbolism. So what we're going to do here today is we're going to begin to break down some very basic symbolism, okay? And this will follow a progression. It will follow sort of a logical, linear progression as we do this because we don't want to get ahead of ourselves because then we're going to be attacking symbols that are a little bit too complex uh, to grasp without... Um, the prerequisite understanding of the basic building blocks of simple symbols, okay? So, um, let's see. The three kinds of basic symbolism that I've, been, I've prepared for tonight's show, and you'll see them listed there on the, um, on the website, on the Radio Listen page, are solar symbolism, life force symbolism, and astrotheological symbolism. Now, we've looked in depth at astrotheology when we talked about religion on this show in, pe in previous weeks. Again, I highly recommend people to go up to the website, go to the podcasts. If you're not familiar with astrotheology by listening to the show or by reading about it through other sources, there is extensive information listed in the podcast section on astrotheology several weeks back. Um, I'm going to start with solar symbolism. Okay, so this is symbolism that employs the sun as a basic building block. Okay, it can have lots of other um, aspects of symbolism within these symbols because in many cases they are complex. They're not just simple symbols. But we're going to actually look at how the sun is used in affecting consciousness of the viewer of specific symbols. Symbolism is all around us in our culture. It's everywhere. It's omnipresent. You can't go anywhere without seeing it. You can't go anywhere without it being employed, without it being used, and it's being used for specific purposes. Okay? And those purposes, in general, the number one purpose 
of subversive symbolism, before we get into the breakdown of the solar symbolism, the number one purpose of symbolism that is being used to subvert consciousness and to place it at the mercy of some other force or some practitioner or some um, uh, business entity or some military entity or some government entity, okay? The main way that it is used is to specifically target a need. And this is very critical to, to understand, okay? Those who employ symbolism for targeted purposes are targeting needs in society. Needs. They are looking at specific needs that, for the most part, are not being met or that need continuous meeting, that need continuous replenishment. Okay? So, energy. We all use energy and need energy to live. So this is one form that symbolism will target, specifically solar symbolism, will be used toward energy. Okay? It will also be used, and there's, there's reasons for this which we're going to break down. Reasons which may not be that obvious at first, but once you start breaking this down, it becomes pretty apparent. And it's actually simple to understand why they would use solar symbolism for these reasons. Okay? Anything that is associated with necessity to live, food, okay? Money, sadly, necessity to live in today's society. We've talked about how money is an illusion on former broadcasts here on what on earth is happening it's not actually real it's its effects are made real by the mind control of the people that believe in it therefore it can be the determining factor of someone's life or death in this sick mind controlled society that we live in okay so solar symbolism will often be used in situations in which money is being highlighted. It will also be used in scenarios that are stressing information, okay, and the importance of information to a person. All right, so the most effective forms of subversive symbolism are those that target a need that is not present. Now, this is another thing to keep in mind. When we do not have something, when we are deficient or lacking in a particular area, whether it be physical, psychological, spiritual, symbolism will be used to convey to us that the product or service being advertised through this symbolism, okay, is what we need. So it is selling back to the person 
through the symbol, something that the person selling it knows that the person who they're attempting to sell it to is lacking. Okay? I'll, I'll say this again. The most effective symbolism out there that is subversive against the consciousness because it is being done in an occult way, in a way that is not readily known or observed by the person who it is working upon, the most effective will be selling this product through the symbolism, and the symbolism will target a need okay, to the person that they're trying to sell it to, that the, the person who is actually attempting to sell this product or service knows that the person does not have. So if you know that the people you're trying to sell something to are unenlightened, you're going to use symbolism that employs light because subconsciously the being knows that they are unenlightened, whether they know it at a conscious level or not, they know that they lack knowledge. They know that they lack spiritual insight, which has always been symbolized by light in different mystical traditions. This is an archetypal symbol, an archetypal image, light, the sun. Okay, This is specifically how solar symbolism is used in our culture. So let's start looking at some examples, and you'll understand what I mean as we break each one down. And I'm going to take my time. We're going to you know, spend time on each one and look at it in depth and then understand what's being done through the symbolism. The first image under the solar symbolism section is BP's logo, British Petroleum. Okay? And everyone has seen this symbol. Probably everyone in the United States has gotten gas at some time or another at a BP station. Okay? And quite simply, this is the, this logo portrays a sunflower, okay? It's not any other flower, it's a sunflower, okay? You could say, okay, and, and let me, before we even get any further, let me preface this whole show and the future shows on symbolism because I'm going to be spending a few weeks breaking down different symbols, may, maybe many weeks, depending on how it, how it goes and how quickly we make our way through this material, but I think this is a critically important section, symbolism and understanding it. So I'm going to spend several weeks on this topic, and we're going to be doing pretty much nothing but breaking down symbols over the next many weeks. Um, if you're going to approach this, listeners who are, who are listening to the show, if you're going to approach this from a left brain perspective, turn the show off right now. Don't bother, okay? It's not worth it. It will not be worth it to you. You will not get anything out of it. You will not understand what's being said. And you'll not come away with anything that really benefits you. So if you want to stay in a mathematical, purely logical, left-brain perspective as we go through the whole symbolism section, best of luck to you. But... Um, for, for those who are going to say, oh, this is just all simple marketing, nonsense, okay? And you're welcome to that opinion, but that opinion is wrong, okay? 
I know how this symbolism is being used. I worked with some of the people that formulate symbolism like all right, folks, sorry about that. I dropped off talk shoe there for a moment. I'm going to try to get back into blog talk now. Give me a moment, please. Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. If you desire to speak to the host, please press 1 at any time, and the host will be notified that there is a caller in queue. Otherwise, please hold and you'll be able to listen to the show. Playing on your subconscious, folks, to continue to be consumers in this debt-based, slavery-based system. They print the money so that they can keep you occupied enough so that you don't rebel, so that you're not hungry, so that you Hey, Mark. Hey, I uh, I dropped off of uh, both TalkShoe and Blog Talk there for a moment, uh, so a little bit of technical difficulties, but I'm back in. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and bring you back up, okay? I'm sorry about that. Not a I, problem. I saw you, and I don't have your number. I, I was wondering what happened. Okay, I think it just may have been a, it may have been a temporary glitch there on my Skype uh, connection. It's all right. I'll uh, give you a quick. Uh, uh, I'll uh, apologize and on air and bring you back up. Okay, hang you on. Thank you. A very wealthy U.S. citizen is predicting that in 2011, we will witness the most important day in America in more than 50 years. He says it will change everything about our lives, the way you shop, travel, invest, educate your children, and even how you take care of your health and family. Now this man has made some outrageous predictions over the years, but the crazy part is he's usually right. You see, he predicted the collapse of GM, and Fannie Mac, and America's biggest mall owner, General Growth Property, a few years ago. In fact, Baronis called his work a dire prophecy. Now, this has nothing to do with the stock market, but it could have a huge impact on almost every aspect of your life. And recently, he created a video, which you can watch online for free, detailing his biggest and most important prediction yet, and it's a real eye-opener. I can't stress this enough. You should at least watch this free video online today. He explains everything you need to know, including simple steps you can take to protect yourself. You can find the video at www endofamerica8.com. Although this video may be offensive to some audiences, it's worth checking out. Again, that's www.endofamerica8.com. Watch the free video at www.endofamerica8.com. Are you still paying your credit cards and so-called bank loans thinking that you owe the money? Do you feel like it's your moral obligation but can't see an end in sight? But what if I told you that in truth, you don't know a single penny, and that the banks know this? Hey, Mark? Hey. Hey, Mark? Yes, yeah. I'm back. I'll just try to bring you up after the break, okay? Sorry about this. Great, no problem. Thank you. 
is to take care of yourself and your family. And I urge you to consider taking action right now. The economy will not wait. If you want to know more so you can prosper through the economic collapse, all while staying honorable and true to yourself, then call 877-417-8393. That's 877-417-8393. Or visit freetoprosper.com right now. Okay, we're back on what on earth is happening. And uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulties there before the break, but I uh, managed to get back into both TalkShoe and Blog Talk. So here we go. We were looking at the BP logo before I dropped off there, and we were looking at how it is a sunflower. And I was basically saying that for people that want to attack this from a left brain perspective, all the best to you, but you're probably not going to get anything out of this, and you're probably going to just continue to think that all symbolism is just used for clever marketing and that there's never any more subversive usages for it uh, that could uh, basically affect consciousness or behavior. And that simply isn't the case, but you're welcome to that uninformed opinion. So um, what we really want to do here is look at this from uh, in the best case scenario, is look at this from a holistically brained perspective. Uh, we need to understand forms, and those uh, can often be analyzed from a left brain um, angle. However, if we're going to look at meaning and the real reason behind some of the ways that this symbolism is used, we have to come together, uh, bridge the gap between the left and right brain, and we have to understand things from a holistic perspective and that incorporates the right brain hemisphere, which is the creative side of the brain, which is the, um, the sacred feminine aspect of our consciousness. And it is the one that helps us to think outside the box. It helps us to think non-linearly and holistically. So that is what I would suggest um, would be very conducive to helping us to understand this symbolism. Okay, so as we go forward, please keep that in mind. The BP logo is a sunflower. Here we see the sun being used symbolically to represent energy. Of course, this is an energy company. It sells gasoline, okay, petroleum products, and these are seen by us as necessary to our ability to move and travel. Okay, movement is something that the solar symbolism is continuously used to relate to. Okay, this is because movement is, of course, associated with life, as is the sun. The sun is the main symbol of life in almost all esoteric or mystical traditions. The reason for this is quite obvious to anyone because we couldn't live without the sun. The sun provides the energy, the heat the light, the warmth uh, that we need to live on this planet. It helps uh, crops to grow, okay, without which we would not have food and would not be able to sustain ourselves. Um, it basically makes life on this planet possible, and without it, there would be no life on this planet, quite simply. It is the solar system. It is 99.9% .9 of the mass of the solar system, and it is the life force energy that drives this region of space, quite simply. 
So this is why this symbolism, uh, this is why the, the sun is used in this form of symbolism. It wants you to relate their product with all of those things that we inherently know the sun provides. So you're not just going to think of it as gasoline. You're going to think of it as the thing that makes life possible. Okay? Because without life, there isn't movement. And what they're basically selling you is something that makes movement across the earth possible. In the limited forms that we're using it right now, and in the limited types of technologies you know, that we have for transportation, clearly this isn't the only form of uh, technology that would be uh, able to get us from point A to point B, as many of those advanced technologies that we could be using are being suppressed actively by people in the big oil industry, okay? So um, the sun here being used as a symbol for life energy, okay? Again, we'll look at different, a different form of this in the next section when we talk about life force symbolism, okay? But specifically here, this is how we're seeing the sun employed on the BP logo. Now, we'll, we'll see this repeated over and over again in different logos. And again, I'm only putting a very small um, portion here, just a few to give people an example. And then you could do further research on your own, but the best research is just to observe symbolism in our culture. You could just see it all around you once you understand the language that it's speaking. Okay, Then you'll understand how it's being used in different circumstances. So look at the shell logo. This is image number two in the solar symbolism section, shell oil. Okay, So you would initially think, okay, that's just a shell, okay, like a seashell, okay, if, because it's shaped like that, right? But if we really look at the symbol from a perspective of remove the outline or make that bottom piece of the outline like a horizon so that you, it's like a shell-shaped window that you're looking through to the outside world, okay? We would see that there is something that is yellow, that is bright, that is rayed, okay? It has rays emitting from it. This is a sun on a horizon, okay? It Right in the symbol. You have to just shift your perspective of how you're looking at it. Instead of looking at the whole thing, as outline and all, you need to look at it as if you were looking through that red, um, uh, thick outline to what's behind it, which would be a symbol of a rising sun coming up over the horizon. Again, they're using the sun connected with energy, okay, and life force, something that is necessary and that you cannot live without, which we know is not the case when it comes to gasoline, Okay, but this is what they're the idea symbolically that they're planting in your mind. This is the reason for that. Okay, the reason that they're using the sun in conjunction with an energy company. Okay, specifically gasoline. Okay, it's the idea is you need this, you can't do without it. It can't be done away with, because if it were done away with, life would be done away with. That's the idea here, okay? Let's move on to the third one, and uh, look at the Gulf Oil logo, okay? So, this has a bright 
orange disc. And this is another archetypal symbol. The solar disc associated with Aten in the Egyptian cosmology or Horus. Okay, as we saw images of Horus when we looked in the astrotheology section and we broke that down. Okay. Again, this is quite obviously the sun here. Okay. So the same idea. So you, you obviously you know can see the progression here and understand it's being used in a similar context to associate the energy resources that they're providing you through gasoline with the life force giving energy of the sun. Okay? We look at symbol number four here on the solar symbolism section. It's the Sunoco logo, another gasoline company. And this is very obvious because here we don't even have actually a, a symbol that is specifically associated with the sun. We have an an arrow going through a, a yellow um, diamond, but the word itself, Sun Oil Company, they actually chose the word Sun for their name. Sun Sunoco is short for Sun Oil Company. Okay, so right there, it's it's very obvious in that one, and the reasons for it are equally as obvious once we get a little bit deeper into the psychological motivations for using solar symbolism in conjunction with energy companies. So I'm going to take a break right there, and we have a caller on the line. It's our friend Kevin Tinfoil from Philadelphia. Kevin, you're on What on Earth is Happening. How are you? Good, Mark. Thank you again for taking my call. You got it. No problem, man. Uh, I want to spout out two quick little things um, that had to do with what you're talking about and how the... Symbolism is used in a way that is uh, kind of redefining things in such fashion as to um, implant suggestions, as you're suggest as you've as you've mentioned. And when they implant those suggestions, they take it in a couple of different formats. One of that that when I was first starting to study this sort of thing, kind of popped out at me as I was driving around. I saw a yield sign, and right. that's the classic feminine symbol in the downwards pointing triangle and it has like the border around it and it says yield inside and that classic feminine feminine symbol is very suggestive when you've got that red and white and uh, it doesn't have a black in it but I know the red white and black has to do with some hypnosis and mind control effects as well uh, specifically stripes and such and just in general the whole yield in general right there is like a, a suggestion that the sacred feminine should be doing and that's very twisted and people don't i think notice that sort of subtlety absolutely yep. the, the other the one was sign, the yield sign uh traditionally is also yellow uh which is used in uh conjunction with the solar plexus chakra as we looked at the chakras in previous weeks and saw that the color associated with the uh, solar plexus chakra is the color yellow, the frequency yellow. This also has an effect on the mind when, mind when looking at that sign. And uh, yes, the, the symbol is the basic sacred feminine symbol of the chalice, as we, we looked at that archetypal symbol in the past, uh, related to the sacred feminine or yin energy, which is um, 
the right brain energy, and that's what uh, the right brain typifies. It, it is passive or submissive or yielding. It is, uh, it is um, um, essentially uh, uh, plastic, and uh, it, it molds to the accommodation of the, uh, you know, the, the sacred masculine side, I guess you could say. But in this, in this context, uh, they're using it to basically subvert the left side of the brain or the, the will and get you to take a passive role in uh, yielding to uh, oncoming traffic or emerging traffic. And um, uh, that's, those are specific, specifically chosen symbols to do, to do just that, to get you out of the left brain mode and to put you into the passive right brain modality. Absolutely. A great example. The other one that I noticed that was a really, um, again, once you learn the language of the symbolism, it became very glaring to me, but all of my life, up until like the last couple of months when I first noticed this one, um, I, I'd never noticed it at all. And that's news. N-E-W-S. North, East, West, South. So now all of a sudden you've got directions right. in there. This is a very, in my opinion, subtle but deep level of programming that they feed into people and by calling it the news and telling you that it's new, well, it's not really that new. It's just what's going on now. And and news, again, when you break down the letters, it, 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 it has that starting letter of each one of the different directions. And I think that is... It, 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 it speaks volumes of this whole paradigm and how they can have the ability to twist sacred symbolism into something that's obviously no longer sacred and quite like again it's being used against us sure now it's like um, they're teaching notice... us to, to, what to do with the news like that that's the whole point it's like they're tell they're giving you directions they're they're right. helping you become pacified to what's going on just be apathetic. Here, here's what it is. That's it. When we see the letters N E W S, we often see them on a compass, and a exactly. compass is telling us which direction to go in. So they're telling you that this is your compass for direction in life. This is what you need to pay attention to to get to where you're going, and that is a very subversive usage of a word of, uh, you know, directional symbols or markers, uh, particularly in today's culture when we know that the news is completely owned, uh, news media companies uh, in the mainstream media at least are completely owned by globalist entities and by um, people who are really uh, looking to subvert the freedoms of the people of the world through, um, you know, uh, big banking corporations, uh, 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 intelligence agencies. These are, this is who owns the news throughout the world, but specifically in the United States. I mean, it is, it is owned lock, stock, and barrel uh, in our country. Speaking of uh, own, I noticed that the O-W-N, the uh, Oprah Winfrey Network, mm -hmm. uh, spelled backwards, and they kind of even do it during their commercial where they like spin the word around, the letters around to spell O-W-N. And that made me think that, like, wow, NWO, isn't that interesting? When right. you spin the words around, like, it just kind of, like, made me um, scratch my head a little and made me think that, like, maybe a brand-new uh, network is not really what we need as a species. Maybe um, 
maybe people need to turn their TVs off and start listening to more podcasts like uh, like what you're doing and stuff too. Absolutely. It's an interesting uh, word reversal there that you pointed out in Oprah, uh, her network, uh, and how NWO reversed spells own, you know, because that's what they're looking to do. They want to own everything, including the, the, the people and their souls, which is what I, you know, get into talking about on this show. That's what this is all ultimately a war about. Um, people would have a hard time, uh, you know, uh, acknowledging that specifically the left-brained or the atheistically bent among us, but uh, that's what this is real, really all ultimately about. That's what they want to own. And um, I, I would also look at another reversal that's in there, the word now, and we talked about present moment awareness a little bit. We will, as a solution to this problem, uh, the power of now, you know, getting into true present moment awareness is one of the keys to getting out of this situation, uh, understanding the power of the present moment and getting out of time-bound awareness, which we talked about uh, as uh, number 10 of our uh, methods of mind control when we looked at the illusion of time. So uh, interesting that all of that, you know, in, that, in those three little uh, letters, one used as an anagram, but those other two words are also contained in the anagram NWO. Well, you have any other ones for us, Kevin? Um, not at all, unless you like mind me tossing out a minor little plug for tomorrow night. Sure, go right ahead, man. Thank you, sir. Um, tomorrow night I'll be doing my show, Caution Tinfoil Hat Area, also here on Talk Show, and uh, we will be discussing synchro mysticism with a guy that's made a couple of different videos, and he also works with like um. Uh, Jay Kotze that you've mentioned before in conjunction with synchromysticism. He's been on my show before to to do a show that you that you are also on there, but this is going to be the other guy that I had wanted to have on for that show that wasn't able to make it. Fantastic. That sounds like a really great topic. Uh, I uh, will try to listen as, as I come back from the uh, Truth, Freedom, Prosperity documentary night. I'll be there because I'm helping to set up the uh, projection uh, system uh, through my, my computer. So um, uh, hopefully, what, what time does it start? 10 p.m.? Yeah. So it, again, it'll be podcasted just like yours anyway. But like, if you happen to be able to call in, please feel free. I, I'd love to have your input once again. Cool. I'll try to do that if I get a chance, uh, if I'm not back from the PFP night too late. Thanks again, Mark. I appreciate you having me on. You got it, Kevin. Always a pleasure. Have a good night. All right, Kevin Tinfoil from caution tinfoil hat area okay so let's move along with more solar symbolism and let's look at a different application of it if we look at image number five we've gone through the first four images so far if we look at image number five uh, we'll see the Dole food logo okay so the Dole foods logo also has a Sun uh, coming up through the um, O in the Dole logo. So, um, of course, this is associated with food. Food is something we can't live without. So to uh, add more um, appeal toward that, toward that idea, they are putting the sun in there. And, of course, yes, this makes perfect sense because the sun is necessary for food to grow. So um, that's... Uh, that's a pretty obvious one, but um, nonetheless, it 
makes the the advertising and makes the logo that much more effective because uh, the sun symbol is speaking directly to the subconscious mind of the person who's buying these products. Uh, you'll see the sun on tons and tons of food symbols, just about everything. It's used continuously. Now, look at image number six here, which is the ShopRite logo. Okay, This is one of my favorites because of what it implies. Okay, And there's a, a, a very significant implication in this logo. Um, if we look at the ShopRite logo, we see that behind the shopping cart full of products, you would go to this supermarket to buy. ShopRite is a supermarket. I'm not sure if everyone has them in their area, but uh, that's what it is. Um, we would uh, we see that the the rays of the shining sun are coming out right from the supermarket basket. Okay, so behind the food, there's the sun. What this is psychologically implying is that you can purchase light. You can purchase life force energy. You're not just purchasing food, and yes, food is ne necessary for life, but you can actually purchase the sun and the energy that it makes possible by coming here and shopping at our supermarket. So um, the ShopRite logo, very, very interesting, and it's one of my favorites because it also is spelled R-I-T-E, right, like a ritual, okay? Not R-I-G-H-T, right, the right way, but right, as in a right or a um, thing that is done ritualistically, okay? So uh, one of my actual favorites there, ShopRite. Look at number seven, which is the Discover logo, Discover credit card, okay? And there we see the sun, uh, on the coming up over the horizon on the Discover card. Money is another form that the sun is used continuously in, in different logos. Uh, I neglected to put one in here. Uh, Conestoga Bank has an uh, interesting one that is supposed to look like a wagon wheel, but uh, is also a sun symbol. Maybe I could add that in uh, you know, for the podcast, but um, Discover um, clearly right in the middle of the O there again. The, the O with a dot in the middle, this is an ancient symbol for the sun used um, uh, in, uh, archetypal, in its archetypal form, the dot with the circle around it. So here we see that in the Discover logo. Okay, Image number eight, Sun Trust. Again, right there in the word and the symbol, and this is a mortgage company. So um, implying that you know, money, your home, all of these things. Here's the things necessary for life, okay? Money constantly emphasized as being indispensable and absolutely being needed for being able to live at all, okay? Not just in the context of our society, but uh, in an absolute sense, okay? So we'll, we see this repeated over and over again when it comes to anything having to do with money, there it is in Sun Trust logo, very prominent, and um, they're they're associating it with the idea of trust. Okay, is a mortgage company anyone you should really trust? No, it's called a trust, however. Okay, uh, and that's putting that idea in there connected with the sun. You know, we trust that the sun is going to come up every day. See how these ideas are combined? They're they're always tag teaming different ideas and symbols to put a message into the mind 
without really speaking it. That's why this is a language. It's a language. Symbols are worth a million words. They're not just regular pictures. Okay? Look at Citibank's logo here in image number nine in the solar symbolism section. And you see the word city in bold, okay, and then bank, okay, and then we see the sun coming up over what looks like a horizon with two pillars on either side of the T. We also see the cross of the T, okay, which is astrotheological symbolism, by the way, okay, the cross as we saw played in significantly in zodiacal symbolism because it is the quartering of the zodiac wheel into the four quadrants that represent the seasons, okay? We'll see that in the next section. The word city, C-I-T-I, is, is formed from the same basis as the, the feminine sex organ, cetus, okay? So this is, this is also putting in there the combination of the male, solar, with the feminine, C-I-T-I, okay? The root for the, the, the feminine reproductive organs, okay? And then associating all of that with the word bank. So it's saying money, our bank, these are, this is the solar energy, this is what's necessary for life, and this is also representing the merging of the male and the female, which it knows everybody ultimately wants deep down inside, because that's the way to enlightenment, and that's the way to higher levels of consciousness and getting out of the situation that we're in uh, as far as what's playing out on the earth goes. And it's putting all of those things together in this, in this logo. We also have the three pillars symbolized again, as we saw in the Kabbalistic tradition, and we will see in the Freemasonic tradition when we eventually break down that symbolism. But there's the three paths the left-hand path of severity, the right-hand path of mercy, and the middle path of mildness that we saw in uh, the Kabbalistic tradition. So look at how many different archetypal symbols here are com combined in the Citibank logo. And if you think that they're not thinking of this when they come up with these logos, you're kidding yourself, okay? People will pay millions of dollars to have logos designed for the archetypal symbolism that they contain and the effect that they know that they will have upon the viewer. And it doesn't make a difference whether you don't understand these different uh, esoteric symbols. They are going to have a subconscious effect simply by being viewed. Here's the intro music for the next break, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back shortly. I'm your host, Mark Passio. You're listening to Water Are you Earth putting your credit cards in so-called bank loans, thinking that you owe the money? Do you feel like it's your moral obligation? But can't see an end in sight? Well, what if I told you that in truth? You don't know a single penny. And that the banks know this and hope you don't find out. Here's where we come in. Free2Prosper.com specializes in a profound debt repudiation method which challenges the validity of your so-called debts, morally frees you from the burden, and protects your property. Our system is often superior to settlement, bankruptcy, or consolidation, which often leave you in a worse situation. If you feel the moral obligation to take care of yourself and your family, then I urge you to consider taking action right now. The economy will not wait. 
If you want to know more so you can prosper through the economic collapse, all while staying honorable and true to yourself, then call 877-417-8393. That's 877-417-8393. Or visit freepeeprosper.com right now. Hey, it's me, Shepard, the host of the Intel Hub. Check out my live show every Sunday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can check it out from my website, theintelhubradio.com. Join me, Joe Joseph, John King, and A.C. Griffiths, Thursdays and Sunday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern for Freedom Link Radio on the Intel Hub News Network. A very wealthy U.S. citizen is predicting that in 2011, we will witness the most important day in America in more than 50 years. He says it will change everything about our lives, the way you shop, travel, invest, educate your children, and even how you take care of your health and family. Now this man has made some outrageous predictions over the years, but the crazy part is he's usually right. You see, he predicted the collapse of GM, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and America's biggest mall owner, General Growth Properties, a few years ago. In fact, Baronis called his work a dire prophecy. Now, this has nothing to do with the stock market, but it could have a huge impact on almost every aspect of your life. And recently, he created a video, which you can watch online for free, detailing his biggest and most important prediction yet. And it's a real eye-opener. I can't stress this enough. You should at least watch this free video online today. He explains everything you need to know, including simple steps you can take to protect yourself. You can find the video at www.endofamerica8.com. Although this video may be offensive to some audiences, it's worth checking out. Again, that's www.endofamerica8.com. Watch the free video at www.endofamerica8.com. You are listening to the Intel Hub News Network, crushing the new world order piece by piece. Okay, we're back on What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Uh, we're into the second hour of the show now, so let me give the call-in numbers again. Uh, feel free to call in at any time. The call-in numbers for the TalkShoe Network, 724-444-7444. Once again, that's 724-444-7444. The call ID number is 83515. If you're calling on the Blog Talk num- uh, network, feel free to call into 646-727-3387. I was analyzing solar symbolism. Um, we were at the Citibank logo, which is uh, number nine on the uh, list up there on the radio listen page at What on Earth is Happening. 
Uh, if you want to follow along with these images, they'll be also posted. They will also be posted to the podcast when I get the podcast up. Um, number ten is Target. Target is a uh, kind of like a superstore similar to Walmart, um, and there we see the main symbol of the sun, the, the dot with a circle around it, symbolizing the, the solar system. Okay. Uh, it, it also there you see, of course, it represents a bullseye. Okay, it represents like the center of a dartboard, and this is critical because becoming enlightened is coming to one's true spiritual center. Okay, it is reaching one's target. Okay, uh, the words are specifically chosen to go along with the symbol. They're putting things together in a psychological map so that these ideas are all associated when we look at that logo immediately by the subconscious mind. As I said before the break, it doesn't matter whether you even understand this at a conscious level, it will have an effect at the subconscious level. Before we move on to the next one, there's one thing I neglected to mention about the Discover card logo, which employs the sun coming up over the horizon. Discovery is made possible by shedding light upon something. Okay, so they're associating the concept of uh, discovering something new, which, you know, the, the credit card might make possible getting new things. Okay, so this is another association in the psyche that is, that is being put together through the symbols. Uh, shining light upon something enables discovery. Okay, so it, the words are also being used in conjunction, just like we see in the Citibank logo, the SunTrust logo, the ShopRite logo, and the Target logo. Okay, moving on to image number 11, the NBC logo, NBC network, okay, television network. Here we see it's the famous NBC Peacock logo, okay, and there are the six uh, colors of the visible spectrum of light, okay, uh, employed in a radial design, which basically form a radiant sun coming up over the horizon again. This is a, a, a symbol we see over and over and over again, the sun on the horizon or coming up over the horizon, okay? In the middle there is white, it's, it's a white um, uh, teardrop shape, okay? And this white one represents the balance between all of them. It's in the middle, okay, because it represents the enlightenment of coming online to one's true center or spirituality. It also contains the alchemical symbol of the peacock, which we briefly alluded to when we talked about astrotheology and we looked at the uh, peacock used on the uh, court of the pine cone at the Vatican, which symbolizes the um, balance between the left and right brain and the activation of the pineal gland. Okay, so uh, this, this symbol is connected to ancient alchemical uh, symbolism of the peacock, which represents the um, uh, third stage in the alchemical process called the great work. So all of these things put together in this symbol, and it ultimately represents light. Again, the visible spectrum of light broken down into its constituent wavelengths, these colors. Look at image number 12 now, the Sun Microsystems logo. Sun Microsystems being an information technology company. Okay, and we see the word sun used repeatedly throughout the design. The name of the company is Sun, and their logo says Sun every way that you turn it. No matter how you turn it, it still says the word Sun. It's comprised of these eight um, U-shaped um, 
lines, okay, which are formed into a diamond pattern, which, if you look at it, looks strikingly like a swastika. Okay, now the swastika is a symbol that we know from Nazi Germany, most of us, but most people don't know or who haven't studied symbolism will not understand that the, the swastika itself is a symbol of the sun. It is also a symbol of good fortune. It was used in the Far East as a symbol for good fortune. The Nazis took this symbol, which represented the path of the sun upon the zodiac, okay, because they were a male-dominator solar energy cult, okay, of occultists uh, and psychopaths, and they turned the logo into its inverse. They reversed the direction of the arms of the swastika and turned it into a symbol of uh, ill will and hatred and you know um, rising masculine only energy, solar only, divorced from the sacred feminine lunar energy. Okay, so it represented the uh, yang energy only, divorced from the yin energy. Uh, now, that is not necessarily how I'm saying it's being used here in Sun Microsystems logo. It is being used to portray the idea of the Sun as representative of having knowledge because this is an information technology company. So another way that solar symbolism is used, we saw it used in energy, in food, in money, and of course now we see it in information. These are all things that we associate as necessary for life, and living and prospering, okay? Life, prosperity, okay? So these two concepts often put together. And this is why solar symbolism is employed here. The next logo, Lucius, Lucius Trust. This is a publishing company that published a lot of New Age books. Uh, again, the symbol of the rising sun. We're at image number 13 now. The rising sun coming up over the horizon, Okay, and the name Lucis means light, and again the word trust in there again, associating all of these ideas. We're information. Information enlightens. Lucis means light. It's where the word Lucifer comes from, meaning light bearer in Latin. Okay, lux ferre. So, uh, and then the word trust, tying all of these things together, saying trust our information, and it will make it will make you have the light, see the light, be enlightened, etc. Okay? Image number 14. And some, some books that were published out of there have some uh, validity to them, and some, I would say, are uh, putting people off the path to true enlightenment. Um, the New Age movement is, is kind of a tricky one, and you have to be very wary of the sources, as we talked about before when we looked at um, uh, controlled opposition. The image number 14, we see the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, official seal, okay, having a shield with the eagle over it, with the, the shield having a, a sunburst pattern on it, okay? And we also see the cross there, which is astrotheological symbolism, again, zodiacal symbolism, the quartered zodiac, okay? But on the cross, the sun with its rays of light. And, of course, this represents total awareness as far as information goes. That's what the CIA's goals and job allegedly are supposed to be, uh, a warehouse of just data and information and knowledge, storage of that, about everything and everyone, 
Okay? So they're putting the sun there on that logo, that shield as well, okay? Uh, associating this with a concept of protection, that you need this to be there for protection, for life, and so that we have the necessary information there to provide that protection and that life. See how, how these ideas are associated through the symbols, and these are specifically chosen symbols to evoke those specific reactions. If we look at image number 15, now, here we round it out full circle, okay? Image number 15 is Obama's logo, Barack Obama's logo that he was campaigning with throughout his campaign before he became the president of the United States. We see that it is the sun coming up over the horizon, okay? It is the sun, the, the, the sky is behind it. We have a white, bright sun coming up the it's the colors of the U.S. flag, the blue with the, with the red and white stripes. But the red and white stripes form a hill or, you know, a, uh, a curvature of land. And then over that we see uh, the sun rising. And this is supposed to be an O, an o for Obama uh, with the colors of the U.S. flag in it. But clearly what we're really looking at here is a sun. Now, this is done for very specific reasons. This is done because Obama was positioned as a savior figure. He was positioned as someone that would come in, clean up the mess that had been happening in the United States before 2008, and he would save everybody. Nobody would actually have to really take decisive political action or actually change themselves, okay? He would just come in and do it for everybody everyone as some kind of a savior or messiah and as we've seen that the jesus figure is associated with the sun in the astro theology section i won't go into repeating all of that but look, listen to the podcast on astro theology read the books that are linked there in the in the uh, podcast on those topics and we understand that in the christian tradition which is basically astro theology jesus is the sun who is the savior of the world not sun, S-O-N, as in son of God, but sun, S-U-N, as the sun in the sky, who continually brings life. He is the light. Uh, he, he is the bringer of life, and he continuously rejuvenates the world by rising again after he has died and gone into the underworld, the dark of night, conquered by his brother Set. Of course, we saw he was associated with the Egyptian god Horus and many other sun-savior figures throughout antiquity. So um, the astrotheological tradition as related to Christianity is all about solar worship. It is all about the ancient uh, cults of astrotheology, astrotheology of the ancient world, namely the solar cults. And this comes down to us in its modern form in the religion of Christianity and the savior figure known as Jesus. So um, Obama is being associated with a Christ figure or a hero figure. This is another archetype okay, being used, and it's being employed through his logo and associating that logo with his name. And this is a clear example of subversive symbolism. If we just look at this, it's very easy to understand that Obama was being positioned as the one who would come and save us from ourselves. And that's why so many people grafted onto him. They positioned him as a template for whatever change anybody envisioned, he was never real super specific about what kinds of changes he would want, like he's trying to push for this uh, ability to shut down the Internet, like they're doing in Egypt. He's trying to push for this new uh, um, 
uh, emergency network, you know, giving the president, president even more new emergency powers, all utter nonsense, all more power grabs, all trying to further enhance the power of the executive branch out of proportion with the other branches of the, of, uh, the U.S. government. But needless to say, what, how they accomplished his psychological um, uh, grabbing of the psyche of the American people was to get him to put forward the idea of change and to be vague enough about it so that anyone could graft onto that and associate with that idea their ideas for change. And in doing so, he would act as a savior figure to anybody. And that's why he was so extremely successful during his presidential campaign in 2007 and 8. So um, this is the uh, this is how this solar symbol solar symbolism can be used in uh, political um, uh, uh, situations as well. So let's move on to the next form of symbolism, which is life force symbolism. Now this is very similar to the solar symbolism as we will see because of what it tries to relate to. Okay, it's relating to things that are necessary for living, and it's also associating those things with energy and money, as we saw with the gasoline logos associating with the solar symbolism. So um, the first one here is Luke Oil. Luke Oil is a Russian gasoline company that operates in the United States as well. Um, I don't know if you may have them in your specific area. I know we do have lots of them here in Pennsylvania. So Luke Oil, their, their logo here, is an example of life force symbolism, okay? Being used in a subversive way to associate an idea in one's mind with the product that they are selling to you, something that you need for life, okay? And something that they want you to continue to think that you need for life. But it's, it's, it's confusing all of these ideas simultaneously in, in the one logo, okay? So you'll see the O in Luke Oil is a droplet, a small droplet, okay? And what that is supposed to represent is, ostensibly, it is supposed to represent oil, a droplet of oil. But oil is black in color, okay? Crude oil, okay? Refined gasoline is a clear or a yellowish type color, okay? A tannish. It's not red, their logo is always red. This drop, regardless of what color that the logo letters may be written in, is always red. And there's a reason for that. It is not a drop of oil. It's a drop of blood. And we'll see this red drop repeated over and over again in certain symbolism. And this is done deliberately. This is done because they are associating their product with life force energy. Life force is considered to be carried by the blood in mystical traditions. Well, you couldn't live without blood. If you, were, if you were cut and bled out, you would die. Um, so um, I thought I heard the uh, intro music there. There it is. So we will um, continue and pick up with some life force energy symbolism on the other side of this break. Be back in a moment, folks. You are the king of 
Are you still paying your credit cards and so-called bank loans thinking that you owe the money? Do you feel like it's your moral obligation? Hello. Yeah. I uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to knock you out with that music. I'm a little green on this board there. That was supposed to be an intro break. It said sublime, and it was hardly that. <laughs> I'm trying to run. You want me to run another spot, uh, spot at 40 in? 40 yeah, that's fine. He usually does it at 20 and 40. Okay. All right. Sorry about all the difficulties, man. You know, you're doing a good show at spot, okay? No problem. Thanks. Then call 877-417-8393. That's 877-417-8393. Or visit freezingcluster.com right now. Hey, it's me, Shepard, the host of the Intel Hub. Check out my live show every Sunday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can check it out from my website, theintelhubradio.com. Join me, Joe Joseph, John King, and A.C. Griffith, Thursday and Sunday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern, the Freedom Link Radio on the Intel Hub News a very wealthy U.S. citizen is predicting that in 2011, we will witness the most important day in America in more than 50 years. He says it will change everything about our lives, the way you shop, travel, invest, educate your children, and even how you take care of your health and family. Now this man has made some outrageous predictions over the years, but the crazy part is he's usually right. You see, he predicted the collapse of GM, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and America's biggest mall owner, General Growth Properties, a few years ago. In fact, Baronis called his work a dire prophecy. Now, this has nothing to do with the stock market, but it could have a huge impact on almost every aspect of your life. And recently, he created a video, which you can watch online for free, detailing his biggest and most important prediction yet. And it's a real eye-opener. I can't stress this enough. You should at least watch this video online today. He explains everything you need to know, including simple steps you can take to protect yourself. You can find the video at www.endofamerica8.com. Although this video may be offensive to some audiences, it's worth checking out. Again, that's www.endofamerica8.com. Watch this free video at www.endofamerica8.com. You are listening to the Intel Hub News Network. Crushing the new world order piece by piece. Okay, we're back on what on earth is happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Before the break, we were talking about symbolism that is associated with life 
force energy and how it basically sells its products to us by associating them with that concept. And the blood, okay, is considered to be life force in many mystical traditions, and it's very clear why. Without your blood, you would die. You need, you have reliance on your blood to just sustain life. If you were bled out, life would be gone with it. This is why many ancient traditions considered that the life force was carried in the blood. So um, if we look at image number two in this section, we see this theme repeated with a blood drop associated with a gasoline company. Again, um, and of course, you know, they can make the drops black, but they're not. They're always red, always red, okay? So this is, a, uh, this is the main gasoline company of Mexico, Pemex, okay? And there we see it associated with a falcon, which is also a solar symbol or a hawk, okay? Uh, if we look at image number three, we see more uh, teaming up of these uh, archetypal symbols. We see the blood drop in the Getty gasoline logo as being red, okay, always red, and you'll notice this all the time. You can find the Getty, if you have a Getty in your area, you can find the Getty gasoline um, logo, and maybe written in different colors, but guaranteed that, that drop is always red, always, okay? And then in the middle of the blood drop, there's the solar disk. So now we have two archetypal symbols combined here, the sun and blood, okay, associated with Getty gasoline. Uh, on the final uh, one for this section, we look at Commerce Bank. Now, Commerce, I don't believe, is around any longer. I believe that they were merged, and it is now uh, part of a bigger bank whose name uh, seems to escape me at the present moment. But uh, um, Commerce was really big here in Pennsylvania years ago, uh, up till recently when they were bought out and merged. But um, you think a bank takes its logo seriously? You think they do a lot of research and go to graphic designers and uh, marketing executives and psychological experts before they put out a logo that's going to be seen by thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, you better well believe it. Okay, so they're not going to just come up with something random. And yes, you, people will say that's a C standing for commerce, and I understand they're intending you to see that, but just look at it. It's a droplet, and it's a red droplet. And again, this is associated with blood, life force energy being associated with money and commerce and a bank. Right there in the logo, symbolically being used to get into the subconscious mind to associate different ideas and to merge them in the subconscious so that they are one and the same. So when you think of life force energy and you think of vital forces that are actually needed for you to live, you will think of their bank. You will think of banks in general. You will think of money in general. Okay? This is what this is done for. That's the reason that this is done. Okay, So that's the life force energy section. Let's go now to the third and last section that I was planning on breaking down this evening, which is astrotheological symbolism. Okay, so we're going to break this down into three distinct subsections. Okay, so there are 23 images in this section. Images one through seven 
are going to be general astrotheological symbols. More specifically, they're going to be associated with the zodiac. Okay, these are symbols that are used in association with astrotheology, but specifically these first seven are zodiacal symbols. Okay, and we'll see images, we'll see examples of how zodiacal symbolism is used. In images 8 through 15, we are going to look at planetary and stellar cult symbolism. Planetary and stellar symbolism. So this is the cult of the stars and planets used in different product placement. Okay? Uh, in images 16 through 23, we're going to look at um, specifically one house of the zodiac, namely Pisces. Piscean symbolism. We are now in the age of Pisces, okay? And Pisces is, uh, in, in what that means is that the sun rises in the spring equinox in the house of Pisces, the zodiacal house of Pisces. So this is the age of the great year that we are currently in, moving toward the house of Aquarius, but still strongly in the house of Pisces. Therefore, uh, solar symbolism will be often associated with Pisces, the symbol of the two fish, and um, religious symbolism will often be associated with Piscean symbolism. Before I break down this entire section, I see that we have a caller on the line. So here we go. Caller, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. What do you have for us this evening? Hello, caller, are you there? Caller on the TalkShoe Network. All right, here we go. Caller on the TalkShoe Network. You're live on What on Earth is Happening. Are you there? Going once, going twice, gone. Perhaps he's just listening in or he uh, got nervous. Either way, if you uh, want to come back in, just type something in the chat and let me know. All right. So let's go into the astrotheology symbolism section. Image number one shows the BMW logo, famous car and a famous uh, design here of the, their logo, being a black wheel and then the BMW uh, letters displayed on the top and then under, uh, within the center of that black circle is a quartered circle uh, with uh, a checkerboard pattern of white and blue uh, within those quadrants. Now, as we saw before, this equal armed cross um, in the astrotheology section when we broke it down, we'll see this come up over and over again in different forms of symbolism. We already saw it in the CIA's logo in the solar symbolism section that we looked at earlier. But here is this equal armed cross, the wheel of the zodiac around it, Okay, another archetypal symbolism, crosshairs with a circle around it, representing the sun's path throughout the year, symbolically. Again, it's associated with life and movement. Movement. This is the important part of this section. It's asso associations with life and movement and energy. These are symbols that come up over and over again related uh, with these three concepts. Okay? The CIA's logo is image number two. We saw that previously, and we talked about the equal-armed cross there and its associations. So this is also an astrotheological logo, not just a solar symbolism one. In image number three, we see a metal, and this metal 
is a United States uh, medal with the uh, the um, obverse side of the Great Seal or symbolism from the obverse side of the Great Seal on the on the medal, um, representing the Phoenix, and he's holding the uh, the uh, olive branches and the arrows. So it says E pluribus unum, which means from the one many. But this this um, crest is put in the center of a equal armed cross, and this cross is known as the Maltese cross because it is uh, a representative of the symbol that is associated with the order of the Knights of Malta. Okay, Malta being a, a small island off the coast of, of Italy. Now this um, this is also solar and astrotheological symbolism. Okay, we see the solar disk there on the cross of the zodiac. That's what this symbolism is portraying: an equal-armed cross associated with the cross of the solstices and equinoxes of astrotheology of the zodiac, with the solar disk on it. The phoenix, also a solar symbol, just like we saw the hawk on the Pemex logo or the falcon. We see the phoenix here which is the American Eagle. It's used interchangeably. Originally, it actually was a phoenix on the Great Seal. They changed it to the Eagle. Um, and this is associated with the sun and its regenerative and renewing properties because it makes everything grow when it comes back up in the spring season. Okay? So it is the continual renewer of life. And that's what this symbolism is supposed to ultimately be about. If we look at image number four, we see the Knights of Malta symbol itself. Again, the Maltese cross. Okay, This is a secret society. It goes back into the ancient world. It is connected with the Templars. Um, it is connected with uh, ancient solar cults. Okay, So this is uh, a secret society in so, in so many terms. In, in basically boiling it down, that's what it is at its highest levels. And um, here we see the equal armed cross of the Zodiac employed in their uh, rudimentary logo there for the Knights of Malta. Now, if we look at image number five, this is a very complex symbol. It's a sigil in and of itself. This is the uh, symbol of the 33rd degree uh, of Freemasonry. So this is an honorary degree that is conferred upon uh, Masonic initiates uh, when they are essentially deemed worthy of it, and it is an introductory degree to what is known as the illuminated degrees of Freemasonry. We'll talk about that when we get into the Freemasonry section later on uh, on these podcasts. But um, this symbol shows the dual crosses of the zodiac. We saw that there is the equal-armed cross pointed up and down and left and right, which is the cross of St. George. These are the solstices and equinoxes and then the the x cross formed by the swords okay is the cross of the galaxy the galactic cross that's formed by the four fixed signs of the zodiac being uh leo aquarius taurus and scorpio we looked at that in the astro theology section we also touched on it in the uh section where we talked about kabbalah uh, related with its symbolism so here, th this X cross is known as the cross of St. Andrew. So this, is, this symbol is ultimately based upon astrotheological symbolism, the symbolism of the, the, the dual cross or the eight-armed cross. Okay? Uh, 
just to very briefly look at this further, it says the word sapentia, which means wisdom, uh, on it. It has the ser- serpent, uh, which is also a solar symbol, and it's a symbol of the stellar cult as well, solar and stellar cults. The serpent um, eating its tail, or actually growing, uh, I should say, from itself. It, it can be viewed in two different ways. It can be consuming itself, or it can be generating itself. Um, this is a, the symbol known as the Ouroboros, uh, but it is also a symbol of this constellation Draco in, this, in the uh, stellar cults. Okay, so uh, inside that we have Ordo Abkeo, the words meaning order from chaos, okay, representing concepts associated with natural law principles, but also in its dark sense associated with chaos sorcery, which we'll get into in coming weeks. We see the scales, we see the, the illuminated 33, we see the crowned eagles, the double-headed eagle, as a matter of fact, representing the left and right brain coming together. We see the symbol of the compasses and square Freemasonry with the G inside, which I briefly touched on last week a little bit, which we will extensively break down in the Freemasonry section. But this is a sigil. This is not just a symbol. So not to get too hung up on going into this in depth, because sigils are much more complex than basic symbols. What I put this in this section for was just to allude to how the basic symbols are then combined with other symbols, and it's layered and layered and layered to create uh, different concepts. Of course, we see ultimately around the entire design here, uh, over the whole design, a nine-pointed star for each letter of the words, uh, uh, each letter in the word Sepentia. So, um, Behind all of it is the crosses of the solar cult, the cross of St. Andrew, the cross of St. George. Um, uh, This is the eight-armed cross of the zodiac wheel, essentially is what I put this in here to display, and it is associated with uh, one of the higher degrees of Freemasonry. Um, Image number six is is an overhead shot of the... Uh, Vatican. This is the um, St. Peter's Square, it's known as, even though it is an oval shape. It's called St. Peter's Square in the Vatican. And here we see these two crosses, once again, uh, combined. We see the equal-armed vertical and horizontal cross, uh, which is the cross of St. George. And then we see the X cross, representing the four fixed signs of the zodiac, the four gospel writers, the four angels of the corners, uh, etc., the four seasons, uh, the midpoints of the four seasons. We see this eight-armed cross pattern again at the Vatican with the obelisk in the very middle. There you can see it by its shadow because it's pointed straight up at the middle, but you see the shadow uh, pointing, I believe, toward the east because I I would assume the sun is toward the west when this photo was taken. Um, And that that obelisk in the middle is a symbol for Osiris, which is the sun god, of course, Christianity in in Egyptian cosmology. Of course, Christianity is the solar cult religion. It is based upon the astro-theology of the ancient solar religions. And... That is why in the middle of its most sacred place in the Vatican, we have the symbolism of the sun. Uh, Osiris's phallic symbol representing the rising of the sun. Okay? 
and we see the solar cross symbolism combined there right in the Vatican. We'll look at Vatican symbolism in more depth later on when we break down symbolism, but clearly uh, the solar symbolism is used extensively in religion as well. Coming up to another break, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'll be right back after these messages. Thank <laughs> you. 
Okay, some festive, festive music there to come back in for the last segment here on What on Earth is Happening this evening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Uh, we have a couple of callers on the line. Before we get to them, I just want to uh, break down one more symbolism uh, related to astrotheology. We looked at the uh, St. Peter's Square at the Vatican in the last uh, section, but uh, image number seven, if we look at that, is an image of the Pope. That's Pope John Paul II, the previous Pope. Uh, not uh, Joseph Ratzinger, which is uh, the current Pope, Pope Benedict. Uh, but here, uh, Pope John Paul II, we see him laden with the symbolism of the cross. Now, of course, this is the symbol of Christianity, but we see the equal-armed cross used repeatedly in the symbolism that he is uh, employing. He's holding the cross of Jesus, this arched cross, at the base of which is a pine cone, because, of course, this represents the pineal gland being activated to uh, uh, turn us on to the Christ consciousness. That's not how it's obviously used in Christianity, but they're alluding to it because <clears throat> they know this esoteric symbolism. That's why he's holding uh, this in his left hand here, and you see the pine cone uh, with his thumb right on the pine cone there. But... Um, uh, on his head, he's wearing the mitre. We'll look at that when we look at the uh, Piscean image, imagery, uh, the Piscean symbolism next week. We won't have time to get into that this week. But uh, it has an equal-armed cross pattern right on the front of it. And then on his sachet there, you see another equal-armed cross pattern. If the equal-armed cross weren't uh, so prominent and so significant to religion, why would it be employed on all of this symbolism that the Pope himself wears? Because it's all about the sun, it's all about the symbolism of uh, the zodiac. And ultimately, in this section, this zodiacal symbolism, what I'm trying to highlight here is that these are all used in powerful institutions, okay? All used in powerful institutions, things that are calling to mind authority and power. And that's critical to keep in mind. Where, that's where they employ this symbolism because it is related to the sun, which is the ultimate power in this solar system because it is the giver and bringer of all life and everything that uh, grows and is a necessity for everything that, uh, that exists within this system. So uh, with that having been said, I think I'm going to hold the analysis of symbolism here at this point. We'll look at... Um, we will look at planetary and stellar-based symbolism as well as Piscean symbolism, uh, symbolism related to the constellation of Pisces in particular. We'll look at those two forms of symbolism next week among uh, some others. But I'll, I'll hold the breakdown of symbols there. I think I hit the audience with plenty uh, for uh, a food for thought. And let's take a couple of calls to go out tonight. So uh, we had a call on the uh, Blog Talk Network. You could go ahead and put that caller through. Hey, Mark. Hey, Eric. How are you? Hey, Eric. Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting that they use all the sun symbolism because I'm pretty sure everybody loves the sun. Yep. You know, every time you look at a commercial and you see the sun subconsciously in your head, you're thinking... You like that because you love the sun. I mean, like you said, it's the giver of all life. Absolutely. So, I mean, what what better thing to associate? They even have the Sun Oil Company. Yeah. What better thing to associate your products with than the thing that you know is necessary for all life, 
that no one would say, oh, let's have that, let's not have any of that, you know. People feel better when the sun is, is up, when it's a, a, a bright, sunny day. They feel uh, more energy because they do have more energy. The light energy that comes down charges our environment. It charges us up. People feel better. They feel more energetic. Uh, of course, they're going to put that symbolism in to associate their product with something that is as powerful as the sun. Of course, Obama's going to you know, use that to market himself as well. Because he's the giver of all life. He's Obama. The Obama Messiah. That's him. The Obama Messiah. As he was called by Mark, certain do you think, people. Do you think that uh, Freemasonry is a religion? Uh, no, I don't think Freemasonry is specifically a religion, per se. It is uh, what I would consider it in its true essence, maybe what it has co- become resembles a religion now. In its true essence, it is a philosophy. It is a way of living uh, that helps us to understand natural law. Okay? In understanding natural law, we understand how the generative principle works, which is basically how we create the scenario that we are getting in the physical reality in which we live. What Freemasonry ultimately is, is a code It's an encoded system which is allegorical and symbolic, which helps us to understand how those basic laws of nature work and how to work in harmony with them so that we can create that which we do really want. Now, that being said, it's not not specifically a religion. However, it, it is a system that can be infiltrated and has been infiltrated by people who may have had the intention of learning this to promote their own agenda while keeping, it, keeping its true essence from other people and in doing so have turned it into what resembles a religion now. So, you know, my answer is a little bit complex, but I would say in its true essence, Freemasonry is not a religion, but what it has become in the modern day can be considered a religion. It's one of the reasons I belong... It's one of the reasons I will not affiliate myself or join any official Masonic uh, institution on the earth. While I you know, consider that I live the principles of Freemasonry uh, in its true form, okay, uh, I will not become any kind of an official Lodge Mason because I understand the level that the uh, Lodge system has become corrupted in the modern world. And tons of Freemasons warned of this in the past most notably Albert Churchward, who if you read the origins or, and uh, the origins of Freemasonry, uh, his, his, his book, um, he warns that the, the institution of Freemasonry would be one of the things that could help to resurrect uh, the world and resurrect America in particular from the uh, horrible circumstances it was going into, being uh, socialism, fascism, bureaucracy, etc., um, however, he said if Freemasonry did not reform itself in the earlier part of the 1900s and you know, moving into the 20th century, that it would become something that would propagate that uh, officious uh, bureaucracy and, and socialistic forms of government, and that is what we do see happening. Uh, Church words predictions have largely come true in the modern day, sadly. Okay, well... Uh, I guess we'll let the other call come in now, but I appreciate it, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Mark. 
Eric, thanks so much, man. Always a pleasure to hear from you. All right, we also night. We also have a caller on the Talk Shoe Network. Here we go. Okay, caller, uh, your name in the Talk Shoe uh, forum is non-member. You're live on what on earth is happening. What do you have for us this evening? Hi, Mark. It's Bob from Cincinnati. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Bob, how are you? Oh, great. I, I was the caller earlier. I, I'm trying a new system, and I apologize. Um, uh, I have a comment or a, a question and a comment. Yes. Um, the, uh, firstly, the question on your image number five, astrotheology, which you kind of dug into a little bit, uh, that sigil, um, if, if you'll note, as you already know, uh, they appear to be cross swords, but one of the sword tips seems to be a pointing hand. And it yes. appears to be, and I'm sure, and that's what I, I'm asking my question. Uh, what is this strange pointing hand? Uh, uh, I know that um, uh, in the Jewish tradition, it's uh, called a yad or a yad, and it's a little pointer. But can you share with us the deeper occultic uh, meaning of this thing? And my comment is, um, if people think this is just a purely uh, Jewish symbolism, I, I would disagree. Because, Mark, um, in my studies, I've run across, uh, of course, the whole German uh, Nazi thing. Uh, the, the, they dealt heavily with occultic symbolism the eagle grasping the swastika in a circle, the swastika set inside a circle, that circle can be transposed as the disc with wings. Uh, and, and that's amazing unto itself, drawing back to the ancient Egyptian. But yes. um, it, uh, the, the Hitler himself uh, in his giant um, uh, headquarters, at his the inlay, the wood inlay, there was uh, some occult symbolism, and uh, the, uh, there were some crossed uh, swords. A spear and a sword is the wood inlay. Then next door on the left-hand side, there are two pine cone, uh, two spears with pine cones atop them uh, over sure. some Greek symbolism. The last piece were these two uh, yads, these two hands on top of spears. What does this mean, Mark? Why do these high occultists in the highest realms of, of uh, government and, and high religious orders. Why do they gravitate? We know the pine cone. What is this hand pointing? Thank you, Mark. Okay. Bob, a phenomenal question. And while I would say that I cannot offer you a definitive, definitive uh, explanation for this hand, I will, do, I will do my best to explain it in the way that I understand from uh, combining multiple forms of occult uh, thought and m multiple symbolism. One of the reasons that I almost hesitated to include this symbol is, is because it is very complex. There's so much symbolism all over it. And I didn't necessarily want to confuse uh, uh, initial uh, listeners uh, into this section who are just starting to study symbolism. But I put it there because it is so emblematic of astrotheological symbolism. Now, what this hand represents to me is just one of the things that you said is very accurate. The Hebrew symbol yod means hand. It is the first letter in the name of God in the Hebrew tra tradition. Yod, hey, vav, hey, uh, which we derive when we transliterate those uh, characters, Hebrew characters into English, we get YHVH, which then we would pronounce uh, Yahweh or Jehovah. Okay, so um, the, 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 the letter yod in Hebrew actually means hand. The word yod means hand in Hebrew, okay? So each, each symbol 
uh, in the Hebrew alphabet is actually associated with a word. And Yoda's hand, okay? So it is the guiding force, okay? It is the force that actually guides the universe. It is essentially natural law itself. And what this sword pointing in that direction represents is that we need to move toward the right. And this is another wordplay, toward being in the right, meaning the moral aspect, okay? Understanding natural law and moving toward that which is right or is within the boundaries of natural law, which is that which is moral. It forms, incidentally, a 45-degree angle. Now, with the two other arms of the the vertical-oriented cross, vertically-oriented cross. Now, this is a big idea in Freemasonry when you specifically start to get to the illuminated degrees. Again, a lot of Freemasons think that Freemasonry ends at 32 degrees because that's where the Red Lodge stops. The White Lodge begins at degree number 33 and progresses from there. And many Freemasons will even not acknowledge that there is such a lodge. Um, that there's only the Blue Lodge and the Red Lodge, and that simply isn't the case. Um, these illuminated degrees make use of higher-level symbolism. We see the 33 uh, above the eagles, the double-headed eagle's crown illuminated with light. This represents also the activation of the pineal gland and the capstone of the pyramid. Okay? Uh, it's the Christ consciousness. It is the, uh, the, the bringer of light. It is the, uh, the way, the truth, the light, natural law. Okay? It's all of these concepts. But underneath, if you were to actually be able to see what's printed on that, uh, that um, uh, uh, sachet that the eagles hold, you'll see this on other versions of the 33-degree emblem. Uh, it says, Deus meunque jus, which means God and my rights. And this means that God is the guiding force, the, 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 the sacred intelligence that underlies everything in the universal field is the guiding force that is leading us toward higher levels of awareness and ultimately to acting in unison with natural law, which is morality. And uh, that's my best attempt to explain that hand there. We can go into this more next week, but for now, that's all the time we really have time for on this episode of What on Earth is Happening. I want to thank everyone for listening, and I'll see everybody back here next Tuesday night at 8 p.m. I'm your host, Mark Passio. This is What on Earth is Happening. The website, whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, the Intel Hub News Network.com. I'll see you here next week, folks. Good night. <laughs>